Am I my sister's keeper? A Nigerian woman whose sister has an inconvenient habit must decide where her loyalty will stand. Will she continue to protect her sister no matter the cost? Or will she finally decide to free herself? Her name, Kareidi. The book, My Sister the Serial Killer. And you're listening to Lit Society. Let's get lit. to Lit Society, a show about books and a little drama. A little bit, yeah. How you doing this week, Ari? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How's your week been? Good. I went home to Milwaukee, um, where I am from originally. Mm-hmm. I saw your mom. She looked beautiful Aww. and visited with my family. Everyone's doing great. So it was a great, great weekend. What about you? Uh, this weekend, I spent a little time cleaning, 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 cleaning. That's cool. I haven't done that in a long time you know that time thing but yeah i'm looking to get a housekeeper oh are you oh look at that Mm -hmm. you know you start podcasting getting a little money on the side and start hiring housekeepers that's awesome Mm -mm. are you going to be in the house while she cleans because that's extra rich Uh, (laughs) it is my preference but we'll see how that works out okay let me know if you find someone i promise i will i will but we're going to get into this week okay okay we're going to start with the theme of the week as we normally do Each week we select a theme to discuss and it's inspired by the book that we're reading. Right. So the theme this week we're discussing is criminal siblings throughout history. So instead of just looking at stories of siblings that are criminals. So basic. Yeah, that seemed like a little much. I decided to look in kind of some psychology. So I came across an article and since psychology today, it's by a a Dr. Sam now. He has a Ph.D., And he wrote an article called Parents Don't Turn Children Into Criminals. The idea has always been that whenever children or siblings or anybody commits a crime, they begin to look at the parents. What did they do? They were they must have been horrible. What about you made your children so terrible? Yeah. What about? Yeah, exactly. Um, And that comes from the belief that children are given to us as this formless lump of clay. And then we get to mold them Mm -hmm. into the well-adjusted and emotionally stable adult. If only. (laughs) Yeah. If only that were the case. But there are so many factors that contribute to what forms a person. I think we We've talked about yeah, this before, mm-hmm. but his article talked about that children are predisposed to um, developing. They have some predispositions mm-hmm. um, that contribute to their personality. And because of these predispositions, parents are molding that also. They're mm-hmm. kind of fighting and nurturing that. Fighting genetics. Yeah, to mm-hmm. nurture that because, it, you know, they come from a lot of things. And then all the outside influences that mm-hmm. contribute, all those things play into who we become. So it's not just the parent. It's not that the parent can make you that way. They're not, um, you didn't have a bad seed. Right. Right. Or people aren't born criminals. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of things that contribute to that. And I think he, um, he talks about this in this article. And then in the conclusion of his article, he says that, Concluding that a criminal is the product of bad parents may satisfy a theory, but it ignores the reality that children make choices from an early age and that criminals come from a 
wide variety of backgrounds. And while blaming parents is easy to do, it distracts us from understanding the mind of the perpetrator. So Kari, did you have any thoughts that you wanted to share this week about our theme, criminal siblings? I do. I have some, I don't know why I'm laughing. I do have some criminal siblings whose story I'd like to regale you with. Oh, wow. Right. Have you heard of the Han sisters? No, I haven't. Okay. These are two identical twins. One pair of identical twins (laughs) born in South Korea in 1974, five minutes apart. Gina was the youngest and Sunny was the oldest. Again, only by five minutes, but that matters. Um, Their mom eventually their parents divorce and their mom takes them to live in the states they settle in um, Orange County at this point they don't know any English their mom becomes a waitress but unfortunately later becomes a gambler and neglects the the twins they spend days alone until they rely on um, only each other very sad, but they do very well, even at a young age with just the both of them. Okay. They call their aunt and uncle who live not too far away and their aunt and uncle take them in. In that environment, they thrive. Okay. They, they have this competitive nature with each other where if one does good, the other has to do better. In fact, um, Gina says that Sunny was very good in school. And Gina just liked to win. She didn't necessarily like to learn, but her thing was beating her sister. And Gina is the younger sister. Gina's the youngest one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So they become co-valedictorians at graduation. After school, the sisters split because they hate each other. And Gina becomes a gambler like her mom. That's the youngest one. Uh, She ends up in debt, resorts to petty theft, and must call Sunny to move in with her. Sunny has this idea that as the older sister, she has to be respected and the younger sister must be subservient. And wow. Gina ain't with it. And mm-hmm. they're twins. Yeah. Five minutes apart. Um, so, you know, Gina starts talking back and maybe sp- stealing some change from her purse. I don't know. Um, so they get into a fight. Blood is drawn and nose is broken and the police have to come. Okay. When the police show up, Gina's like, hey, hey, before you try to take me in, I think you should know that Sunny has a warrant out for her arrest. Slow down. And it's true. Unfortunately, Sunny does has have a warrant out for her arrest for stealing a credit card. And she explains it away. It was a one time thing and she didn't have a habit of stealing. It was a foolish time in her life, but they don't care about that. And they take wow. her into custody. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So while Sunny is in custody, Gina spends all of her sister's money, which is typical scammer behavior. Um, <laughs> Sunny, who wasn't sent to prison, you know, she, I think she just had to pay a fine, uh, comes back, finds all her money gone and presses charges against her sister. Gina's okay. eventually sentenced to six months. Six mm-hmm. months. That's a short time. Yeah. Not soon after, however. Sunny, the older one, is in the shower and hears a commotion in the living room. She believes her roommate is being assaulted, so she calls 911. Then a man with a gun barges into the bathroom where she is and makes her and her roommate get in the bathtub. Oh, my goodness. Very scary stuff. Um, As the officers who were stationed only a block away surround the apartment, an Asian woman walks up to them and is like, hi, you guys, what's going on? It's a lot of cops. Um, Is everything okay?" And they're like, ma'am, chill out. It's fine. Can you guess who that woman? (laughs) It is Gina. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, Gina went to jail and got out on furlough. Oh, my. And was supposed to come back and just didn't. (laughs) Oh, man. So (laughs) she plotted her sister. Ooh, 
you are ahead. Very good. Oh, so good it turns out that Gina, when she got out on furlough, right away picked up two teenage boys, 115, 116, and was like, hey, I'll pay you money to rob my sister. <laughs> and they're like, okay. She, she is pretty low down. <laughs> and as they're on their way to Sunny's apartment, she goes, just kidding. Can you kill her? Oh! And they go, mm, okay, <laughs> maybe. Wow. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, the police enter and when the police, okay, when the police bust in, the intruder asked the girls in the bathtub, hey, pretend this was all a prank, okay? And they're like, oh, sure, but no. And so <laughs> the intruder, the intruders are eventually caught. Um, and So they tra- got out of the house? One did, one did oh, escape, okay. but he's eventually caught up. They, uh, police catch up with him and they find out that the ultimate plan was for Sunny to, for Gina to kill Sunny and steal her identity because apparently- <sighs> Gina's been telling everyone all over town that she wants to kill her sister. Mm-hmm. Why did she think she'd get away with it? Because she's smart, but she's talk. stupid. Mm-hmm. It's oh really sad. Goodness. She wants to start over with a clean slate. And since they're identical twins, she thought it'd be easy. During the trial, Sunny um, like has this weird breakdown. Uh-huh. But after her testimony and the testimony of two accomplices, Gina is sentenced to 26 years to life. Okay. While in prison, though... She continues her career of scamming and starts finessing pen pals. Wow. In fact, one man in Britain gave her $100,000 after writing to her for a year, which is like decent. Well, anyway, <laughs> Gina was released on parole last year. So, Gina, if you're listening, stay where you at. Don't come around here. Yeah. <laughs> well, and those are the Han sisters. That's a wild story. Right? And, it, and some of it kind of makes me think of our story. Yeah, so right. We're going to get into that in just a quick second. So let's take a quick break. Sounds good. Okay. Now, welcome back <laughs> from the break. So, Kari, let's get yes. into this a little bit. And if you could give us a little background on our author. For sure. And her name is? I uh, believe Oyin Khan Braithwaite. All right. Yeah, so Oyin Khan was born in 1988. She's 31 years old, raised in Nigeria and the UK. Um, she was trying to work through her writer's block. And that is how the concept for My Sister, the Serial Killer came about. She sent that first draft to a couple friends. One came back and said, this is the best thing you ever wrote. Shade. Well, that first draft (laughs) became the prototype uh, for which publishers would start shopping. And within a month, she had a a feverish month. She had a finished draft. And that is the book that we are reviewing today. Um, Did you think this book was particularly violent? No, not at all. Right? Yeah. For Mm -hmm. something that deals with the theme of murder, (laughs) there is no gore. That's I had heard that, um, which made me feel confident in choosing it, but that is by design. So um, the finished novel is purposely deadpan, and she says that I knew it was going to have darkness, but I didn't want to stay in it. I didn't want to immerse myself, so it became a very matter-of-fact I needed my characters to do this thing and then move on. So the story here really is not one that uh, revels in murder. It's one that revels in the story of these two sisters. Yes. She definitely accomplished her goal. Uh, Let us get into, (laughs) say, a brief 
a brief synopsis that doesn't include yeah. spoilers. No spoilers in the right. synopsis, mm-hmm. no problem. My Sister the Serial Killer is a dark comedy about two siblings, Corday and her younger sister, Ayula. With honey skin, long dreadlocks, a Coke bottle shape, and canyon deep dimples. I wrote that. The younger <laughs> is blessed with killer looks and kills she does. <laughs> Each time a new boyfriend ends wow. up dead, <laughs> big sis Corday is there to clean and disinfect any trace of evidence. But when Ayula begins dating the love of Corday's life, Corday must ask herself how thick blood should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Thank I like you. That. that was a good one. And it entices Thanks. me. So, all right, then jumping in a little further, do you have any first thoughts? Oh, my first thoughts in the book. I mean, these chapters, right? I, my first thought was, what an easy read. I wish I was on a beach because this is a book you read in a day. I felt, and we've said that before, but I felt like no, this book. You've said that <laughs> okay. before. I felt this was a true page turner. And that's what I wrote in my Goodreads review, that it was a true page turner. Each chapter feels like just a drop in the overall bucket of this story. And these are short chapters, really punchy. It gets to the point. Um, I really felt, will I say taken in on the first section of the book? Maybe not. It took me a while to really care about these characters. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I did, I was all in. What about you? Did you have any first thoughts? Okay, so my first thoughts are I really like how short the chapters are, like the titles falling into it. So I was really ready to read it. Yeah. That's always good for me, short yeah, chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're really progressing reading along in the book when you covered <laughs> 20 chapters and it's three pages in. I know. <laughs> I got to agree with that 100%. Yeah, and I cool. think we our last book was like that as well. Yeah. So I'm really starting to appreciate that. <laughs> so I think we're ready to get into uh, kind of a plot summary or the deep dive into the book. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. And you're going to share spoilers. I am. I'm going to spoil this book for you if you haven't read it. So first part, wash, stabber, repeat. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. So um, Corday has the food and television ready for her Netflix and me night. And she gets a call from her sister, Ayula. She isn't upset. She is disappointed because she knows what's on the other end of this call, a murder to claim. So this time, Ayula has killed a man by the name of Femi. He's fine. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it sounds like he's fine, okay? And Corday like, oh, a fine one. I know. I don't feel good about this. <laughs> Beautiful <laughs> men this shouldn't die. Yeah. <laughs> but more than that, he's thoughtful. So... And Ayula describes the scene. She was protecting herself. He wasn't afraid to him. She must have seemed a beautiful doll. Those are her words. Right. Um, And his body is thrown over a bridge where the others are waiting. Corday remarks, at least he won't be alone. Mm. So I mentioned that Corday reads a poem he wrote. This starts to be a pattern with her. She looks for his poetry because it helps form the whole person that he was in her mind. And that's because she didn't know him and she knew the others. Did she know the other two? Okay, so this is the third boyfriend. Yes, this is the third boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And she did not. She was only dating him. um, Oh, it was almost secretly, right? Yeah. A month. And Mm -hmm. so she didn't find out about him until he was dead. Oh, yeah. So the hashtag Femi Durand is missing starts trending and Ayula loses interest almost immediately. Immediately. (laughs) But for Corday, this one sticks. Mm -hmm. 
Part two, St. Peter's Surrender. So if hospitals had a flag, it'd be white, the universal sign for surrender. That is the um, line written there. And this is where Corday surrenders or gives in to her weaknesses. Um, she's a nurse. She works at the hospital. And it's here that she confesses her sins to a comatose patient and where she also falls in love with the youngest doctor of the hospital. So about the confession, Long Lean Mutar Yautai, he's the comatose patient. He's been out so long that his family rarely visits him at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, Corday visits him every day and tells him everything in detail. So she pulls up a chair next to this man and goes, hey, my sister killed someone else. (laughs) And you know what? I'm like tripping about it. Like it's annoying, right? What do you think? Well, of course you do. And you're right. So this man isn't responding. She's having full conversations on a daily basis. This is her therapy because this is starting to weigh on her. Yeah, she needs an outlet. Yeah. And he serves as that for her. For sure. And when she's done um, divulging everything to this comatose man, she always finds a way to cross paths with Tade. Tade is fine. (laughs) (laughs) he's the younger youngest doctor in the hospital he's not fine he's beautiful but more than that he is caring intelligent he can sing (laughs) and he is oblivious to her cries the girl kicking and scratching she's like a wild chicken her mother grits her teeth and bears the pain. I wonder if this was what she imagined when she was posing for her pregnancy photo shoot and making Mary at the baby shower. Tade dips his hand into the bowl of candy he keeps on his desk for his child patience, but she smacks away the proffered lollipop. His smile does not falter. He begins to sing. His voice fills up the room, submerging my brain. Everything stills. The child pauses, confused. She looks up at her mother, who is transfixed by the voice, too. It doesn't matter that he sings Mary Had a Little Lamb. We still have goosebumps. Is there anything more beautiful than a man with a voice like an ocean? I'm standing beside the window, and I look down to see a group of people gathered, peering up and pointing. Tade rarely puts on the air conditioner, and his window is usually open. He told me he likes to hear Lagos while he works. The never-ending car horns, the shouts of hawkers, and tires screeching on the road. Now Lagos listens to him. The little girl sniffs and wipes away her mucus with the back of her hand. She waddles towards him. When she is older, she will remember him as her first love. She will think of how perfect his crooked nose was and how soulful his eyes. But even if she forgets his face, his voice will stay with her in her dreams. He scoops her into his arms and dries her tears with a tissue. He looks up at me expectantly and I shake myself out of my reverie. She doesn't notice as I approach her with the needle. She doesn't budge as I wipe her thigh with an alcohol swab. She tries to join him in song, her voice broken by the occasional sniff and hiccup. Her mother twists her wedding ring with her finger as though contemplating taking it off. I consider passing her a tissue to catch the drool that threatens to spill from her mouth. The little girl flinches as I inject the drug into her, but Tade's grip on her is firm. It's all over. Aren't you a brave girl, he says to her. She beams, and this time is willing to collect her prize, a cherry-flavored lollipop. You are so good with kids, her mother coos. Do you have any of your own? 
No, I don't. One day, though. He smiles at her, showing off his perfect teeth and creasing his eyes. She can be forgiven for believing that this smile is just for her, but it is the smile he gives to everyone. It is the smile he gives to me. She blushes. And uh, you are not married? Madam, do you want two husbands? No, no I'm not. I have a sister, she's very... Dr. Otumu, here are the prescriptions. Tade looks up at me, confused by my abruptness. Later he will tell me gently, always gently, that I shouldn't cut patients off. They come to the hospital for healing, and sometimes it's not just their bodies that need attention. So what do you think of Tade? I think this section right here paints him beautifully mm -hmm. as a gentle soul. Patient. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Thoughtful, wise. I could see why she would love him, mm -hmm. you know, from afar because that's all she got. Yeah. And he's, he's, well, I guess we'll talk about it a little bit later, but he's kind to her. Right. Yeah. So they've got lunch together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. She'll bring him food to eat, if mm -hmm. that's what you mean by lunch. Or she'll Don't invite him. Lunch She will point. invite him out and another nurse will come and she's like, well, maybe next time he'll invite me and it'll just be us two. <laughs> So, yeah, he's pretty, he sees her, but he doesn't see her. Yeah, he doesn't see her. He but works her, for her. Mm-hmm. But it. her infatuation has indeed turned into love. Yeah. Part three, home is for the hypocrites. So back at home, Ayula is in her regular flirty mood, okay? She's active on social media. <laughs> <laughs> and before posting a fun food Snapchat, um, Corday stops her and reminds her, hey, hey. Your boyfriend was is missing. Right. Be <laughs> so careful. So it's too, too soon. Too soon. Be careful. Um, and then we're introduced to the mother. The mother is as enamored of Ayula as everyone else. Right. So um, that girl's beauty has everyone kind of like under her spell. And her mother isn't cold or thoughtless, but she is shallow and likely broken by her late husband, who we... Um, get bits and pieces of throughout the book enough to tell us who he was as a man. I'll save his description for a little later. Okay. Lunch. So Ayula visited <laughs> Corday at the hospital for lunch, uninvited against Corday's wishes. <laughs> this is a surprise visit. She oh, walks boy. in wearing a yellow dress, high heels, and everyone's eyes turn to yeah. face her and their faces stay there. And yeah. they are looking her up and down and they are like the sunshine mm -hmm. has come into St. Peter's Hospital. Right. Who are you? Men are whispering under their breath. Even the women are like just in admiration. OK, <laughs> so everyone's head turns. Right. Even the lazy nurses Corday works with and hates are instantly captivated by her sister. Did she say she hate both of them? I mean, she treats them with disdain. They are lazy. One more than the other, though. Yeah. One falls asleep with her eyes open. <laughs> that is a skill she has mastered. <laughs> um, so Corday frantically tries to rush Ayula out for obvious reasons. Yes. But it's too late. It's too late. Tade sees them. And he starts talking to Corday while looking at Ayula. Like, oh, uh, where is going? Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this tall drink of water? <laughs> and uh, Corday's like, this is my sister, okay? And he's still looking at Ayula. And he's like, I didn't know you had a sister. Uh, 
more importantly. Um, So he sees he sees Ayula and just falls head and head over heels instantly. He's in love and they start dating pretty quickly. Yeah. Corday dies inside. Yep. She's really sad. Disgusted by this. Yeah. Uh Yeah. And Ayula tells her sister Tade is like all the rest. Calm down. In fact, I'll prove it. So what does that mean? He's like all the rest. Really? Yeah, I want to know your thoughts. He he's just after her for her looks. Ooh, that's all that means. Yep. He's not after like her mind and stuff. Nope. He's he sees her looks and he's drawn in and that's it. Yeah. Because he has a quality co-worker <laughs> that he could fall in love with, but he's uh, not a quality co-worker. Yeah, she's a quality woman, okay? She works hard. Mm-hmm. She's a hard worker. Yeah. She, prov- she gives him food and he loves the food. And so there's a line in the book. <laughs> yeah. I hope I'm not jumping too far no, ahead. But there's a line in the book um, where he has had her food and he enjoys it. And he's like, Karate, this is heavenly. Mm-hmm. You're going to make someone an excellent wife. Yes. Not me, though. And so you you hear this thing, you know, in life, and it's probably more old. And I don't know if people still say this, but the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. It's through his stomach. <laughs> this right here. This right. <laughs> Not true. Aww. Because if that was the case, he would have swooped in and got her. But is he even worth having i mean that's debatable in her mind he is yeah. and that's what we're going off of her mind right okay. mm-hmm. so no so yes. corday has no one in her life who cares for her no who really is not just interested in what she can do for them right even her sister who probably probably loves her the most uses her as like a sponge to clean up the blood after every murder right one day a bouquet of orchids arrives to the home they are obviously from Tade. And when they arrive, Ayula texts him. Do you remember what she texted him? It was something like, I, period, prefer <laughs> roses. Right. Period, period. So like at noon the same day, roses arrive. And in the middle of the night, Corday is so distraught by this that she destroys the bouquet. But also yeah. of importance is Corday was felt like he would have been really thoughtful about the flowers yeah. that he did get She was her. really disgusted by her sister because she knows Tade and he would have thought about this bouquet and how this bouquet of orchids and how it reflects his affection for her sister right. and for her sister to just carelessly respond <laughs> with, yo, I like roses, okay? <laughs> um, just really sends Corday over and she destroys that bouquet of roses in the middle of the night <laughs> in like this haze of frustration and jealousy. And they wake up to the mom screaming <laughs> that someone must Some have broken dramatic. in to destroy the bouquet of roses because that happens. Just so dramatic. She is. Um, the girls see that the maid is about to be fired because, I don't know, the mom is now blaming the maid. And Ayula takes the blame. So this is the first time we see Ayula take the blame for something her sister has done. Yeah, which goes to their relationship. But also Karate did want to speak up but um Ayula uh, spoke up first first right well let's talk a little bit about the men in Corday's life okay she dreams now about Femi the last murder she's had to clean up 
<laughs> so I don't know why I laugh. That's dark. <laughs> so she reads oh. his poetry <laughs> on the blog that his family has set up so mm-hmm. that the Internet won't forget him. Right. The family has created a website with all of Cora, uh, with all of Femi's beautiful poetry. Right. And that's where Corday lives. She's really forming him into a full human, giving him a personality. She never met him. So she wants to see what he was like. Why right. this one? She can't right. wrap her mind around that. And this is the first time she questions her sister's motives. Right. Because her sister always says that it's in self-defense. The Corday's like, but if you were running away, how did you stab him in the back? And then right. also, why'd you have a knife? Right. And this is the knife that their father used to have. That's kind of important too. Right. Um, their bullying father. Mm-hmm. She also feels like she didn't really have remorse after this. Right. Um, so. Right. Right. And her then, reaction, her response after it. Oh, she was, if she ever, I mean, I don't think she ever felt remorse truly, but at least she pretended with the other two. Right. But with this one, she is already on Snapchat the next day and like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, um, and then there's Tade, Dr. Tade. He's a disappointment because he's blindly aware, unaware of Ayula's faults. Yeah. Um, he focuses only on her beauty, just like Ayula said he would. Yeah, that's right. But Corday still loves him. And then there's the comatose patient who's also a disappointment. Why is he a disappointment? Because he wakes up. (laughs) That does not count as disappointment. The man wants to live. She has told him all her deepest, darkest secrets. She goes to work one day and they're like, hey, um, Mutar's um, (laughs) asking for you. And she's like, what? (laughs) I am confusion. She goes into the man's room and he's like, oh, you're that nurse who lives in my dreams. But also, why did she think that he did not remember? <laughs> I mean, well, everybody isn't knows clear. I don't know. We don't know what comatose patients hear. Oh, no, we do kind of, right? Some yeah. have said they heard. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, she, she needed someone to talk to. This yeah, was a heavy did. load to carry. Mm-hmm. It was. And he surprises her by recalling her confessions with clarity and surprises her even more by not judging. Right. So he considers her strong. Right. And he urges her to save the man Ayula is currently dating, mm-hmm. who's Tade. Yep. Now, the evidence against these sisters is starting to pile up in the background. Right. Um, they didn't know it, but a man saw them leave. He doesn't mention the body he was carrying, but he right. does mention that there were two women that left right. Femi's apartment. Um, Femi's sister gets on Snapchat and is like, why is the babe my brother was dating not mentioning that there was another woman with her? Something is up. Then there's also a bloody napkin discovered in the sofa. And Ayula's like, I don't know. Maybe I left it there. I think I did. I forgot. Okay. <laughs> I think she said to the police that it was a, he had a Runny bloody nose. nose. Yeah, bloody, bloody nose. Not runny, right. A bloody nose. <laughs> and then um, the police arrived to the home to interrogate the sisters. And they too are enamored of Ayula. And they're yeah. like fumbling over their words. And they're like, well, we're going to take your car, Corday. <laughs> It's like, dang. (laughs) So they take her car. She seems to be getting hit with all the effects. Yeah, all the consequences of her sister's actions. Her sister's actions, yes. Well, she knows she scrubbed that car within an inch of its life Mm -hmm. because 
this is a coping mechanism for her that um, she's OCD and she must clean every room she is in. Um, Every corner of the world that she is a part of must be spotless. I like how she talks in the beginning, how people don't really read the directions on the bleach. Yeah. Yeah, It's not really for cleaning. You clean first and then you use the bleach. Then you disinfect, guys. Okay. (laughs) She knows. Yeah. So, um... The sister of Femi eventually shows up to the girl's home. Oh, man. And when she shows up, Ayula's walking down the street looking some ice cream. And, I mean, <laughs> first it's just Corday and the sister. And Corday doesn't really know what to do. But Ayula walks up. And the sister, too, is in a way captivated by Ayula. Yeah. And she's like, I know you did something to my brother. Why won't you confess? Why won't you confess if you murdered him? And then Ayula's like, murdered him? <laughs> Oh my goodness, do you think he's dead? The drama. And the sister like starts bawling and releasing all of this emotion she's had pent up. And Ayula takes her in her arms. And meanwhile, it's just staring longingly at this ice cream cone. She was just looking like, man, I wish I could get back to you. (laughs) Yeah. Terrible. So eventually the internet forgets about Femi. And that's sad because that means you are truly forgotten. Um, the, even his poetry blog that the family set up is eventually gone. There's right, a 404 error. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so fatal attraction. Corday warns Tade that, hey, my sister hurts people. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure she's a heartbreaker. And she's like, no, no, she hurts people. Like hurt, hurt. <laughs> and he is just disgusted by her jealousy. <laughs> Clearly. She just wants the beauty that her sister has and the effortlessly... <laughs> Yeah, so it's a mess. So um, Tade is appalled by Corday and feels like she should have her sister's back. She warns him again. And then he's imp- he implies, you know, what, you just covet everything she has. And, you know, I'm going to try to forgive you for this discretion. Also, come here. I want to show you this ring I bought her. I'm going to ask her to marry me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so Corday's like crumbling inside because she still loves him. And he's just so stupid. Um, he is. He's stupid. <laughs> That's so sign for her. Well, he she ain't stupid. too bright because her plan is to break into his office. <laughs> that was a little silly, but nonetheless, mess up some papers so it looks like a robbery and s- destroy the ring. So she bashes the ring on the floor and takes the stone out, which, by the way, is two carrots. And she's pretty sure her sister wouldn't wear anything less than three. Right. And, and but she did that because she wanted to buy him some time to really think, think about the woman that he's choosing to marry. Yeah, well, all she bought was a one-way ticket for a janitor to be terminated (laughs) when suspected of being the robber. So soon after this janitor is fired, the doctor stops talking. Tade stops talking to Corday. Yeah. And she's like casually like, hey, you know, how have you been, stranger? (laughs) This is kind of weird. And he goes, huh, what? You know what's strange? Is that nothing was stolen out of my office. Only the ring was missing. So, you know, I hate you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's get into the father. Um, their father, there are a lot of chapters in this book titled Father. Yeah. And within each, we get a window into who he was. And he was a terrible person. Right. Narcissistic, a womanizer. Do you remember one of his early, um, just a disgusting way he entered the home one night? Oh, yeah. The part where he brings in his 
mustard colored woman yeah so yeah. he brings her into the house the house where the family lives the yeah. wife the children mm-hmm. and the the mom comes out of the room She's screaming like a banshee and the girl can't be older than 20 like who well at the time the children think she's older mm-hmm. but, but they now realize in their adult age that she was young right she was really young mm-hmm. but she's bringing he's bringing this woman in the house I mean I'm this part just leaves me speechless yeah. I can't I so the mom always knew he had indiscretions. Indiscretions. But this she cannot take. So she's screaming at the woman. All her hysteria is aimed at the woman, not even at the husband. Because she knows it comes with violence. Well, he slaps her against the wall and assaults her, uh, strikes her. She falls to the ground and the girl's like, see, my boyfriend won't let you talk to me anyway. And what kind of woman? I know, but she is a kid. Yeah. And they go into his bedroom and the mom is just in a pool on the floor. Crying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the girls run down and I think they all sleep in the same room that yep, night. They do. And soon after the mom starts abusing Ambien mm-hmm. and uses it to cope with everything that's going on in the house. Um, the next day at breakfast, the father is like the girl's gone and the father is raving about his perfect wife Ooh, and how she disgusting. makes a perfect breakfast. And Corday mentions that this isn't because he's trying to be back in her mom's good graces. It's because he's forgotten about it. He's moved he on. He doesn't care. He's moved on. He's moved on. And there's a part in the book where she uses the same type of language to describe her sister. Yes. Um, you remember that? Well, not so much the language, but I remember how she felt like um, her sister didn't show remorse. Her actions after this and and the way she jumped on social media the very next day just seems like she had blew it off she moved on it was over psychopath more and more she reminds me of him corday says he could do a bad thing and behave like a model citizen right after as though the bad thing had never happened is it in the blood but his blood is my blood and my blood is hers so this goes to your point is it it genetics Mm -hmm. (laughs) something's wrong well, anyway, we are taken into one of the moments that shapes who the girls become um, in there. Well, you know, let me just go off on a quick tangent. There was this boy that followed uh, Ayula home from school. Do you remember that? Very innocently. He obviously liked her, but he was just one of her friends. Did he follow her home? Kind of like he just not followed her like she didn't know. But No, he came by to visit because he wanted to profess he wanted to be her girlfriend, his her boyfriend. Right, right. Yeah. And the father welcomes him kindly, yeah. you know, serving him tea. It's like, you like my girls, huh? And he's like, no, no, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't know what to right, say. Right, right. And, you know, they're shooting the breeze and the dad is just wonderful. And the boy can't stop staring at Ayula and Ayula loves the attention. But Corday recognizes what's going on and is like, Ayula, come with me to the kitchen. And Ayula's like, no, I'm good. (laughs) She's an idiot. And so the boy leaves. The father gets his cane, which he keeps prominently in the house. It is like, in my mind, above the television. Right, right. It's it's displayed. It's Mm -hmm. a mantelpiece. Thick. It looks like something that someone would hang as a decoration, a big piece of decor. But no, that's what he uses to beat the girls senseless. And so when the boy leaves, he tells Ayula to strip in the middle of the floor. She takes off her dress and he beats her. Um, This part was really touching. Corday grabs her hand, hoping that some of the blows aimed for her will hit instead Corday. And some of them do, but not she doesn't get even the the, um, blunt 
the well, brunt of it. Yeah, brunt of it. So before Ayula just passes out, Corday reminds her father that there will be scars and people will ask questions. And he values nothing more than his golden reputation in the community. Right. And so he stops. But that's a sign at just uh, what a job he's done on them emotionally and physically. One day he brings a chieftain home, a very powerful man. And even at 14, Ayula's beautiful and the man can't stop staring at her. And the father doesn't really think of the girls as beautiful. No. But when he sees that, he asks the girls to dismiss themselves. They leave the room and Corday listens at the door. She hears words like girl and I think like business deal and things like that the next day. Yeah. um, Because she had understood that for a chief, if he sees a woman or girl that he likes, he gets it. Yes. He gets it. So um, their mom would make them stay away from any chieftains. Right. Right. Right? So the next day, their father's twin sister, their aunt, arrives to the house to take Ayula to the the chieftain's home. And she tells Ayula, as Ayula is clinging to her sister, crying and screaming, that if you do this one thing, this man will give you whatever you want for the rest of your life. And she goes... (laughs) <laughs> whatever I want <laughs> and Corday slaps her <laughs> to call her to her senses <laughs> because her biggest fear is not necessarily what will happen but it's this um, frantic way Corday's crying is making Ayula cry Right. so whatever emotion Corday displays Ayula mirrors yeah. if Corday cries Ayula cries do you think this is a sign that you know Ayula really does love her sister no. <laughs> then why is she mirroring always her sister's emotion? I think that's natural to mirror your, um, I mean, especially in such close, they were close. Yeah. Right. I, I think it's natural to it's mirror like them. It's like them against the world. Mm-hmm. And then also the fact that uh, Coretta was taught to, this is your younger sister. You must you protect her. You have to her. care for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are her protector. Yeah, so. if she's hungry, it's because you let her go hungry. If yeah. she steals from the market, you let her go hungry, you get the consequences. That was the responsibility put on the oldest child. Corday courageously grabs a cane and chases her aunt out of the house. The next day, uh, spoiler alert, Corday stabs her father. This is Wait, how I what? read it. Mm-hmm. I really felt like that part was left in the air. They did not spell that out. Okay, let me read it. Okay, what page? Can you oh, climb I don't a page? <laughs> I can tell you a chapter. Tell me a chapter. Okay. So this is a father chapter that's between roses and bracelets. Okay. And it reads, one day he was towering over me, spitting pure hell. He reached for his cane and then he slumped hitting his head against the glass table as he fell to the floor. His blood was brighter than the dark color we saw on TV. I got up warily and Ayula came out from behind the couch where she'd been taking cover. We stood over him. For the first time, we were taller. We watched the life seep out of him. Eventually, I woke my mother up from her ambient-induced sleep and told her it was over. So from this section, I gather that Corday stabbed her father to death her sister came from behind the couch and they just watched him die on the floor. I'm hard pressed to believe that. I mm. mean, and I see how that's read, but yeah. why wouldn't they have been taken to jail if he stabbed? Well, what do you think is happening here? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But the fact that 
that there's no story behind rather I thought that too. Or why isn't the twins, his twin sister upset at them? She looks at them as daughters, even though they hate her. Right. Um, But I don't know. But I also then am reminded that this was, this was the beginning of the killing in the family. Yes. And when we find these girls, they've already killed three people. The Ayula has both of them. Yeah. Not both of them, but you know, cleaned and or killed up the (laughs) three murders. So this is where they learned. And I thought it was interesting that, the first murder came from Corriday as Ayula hid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't get behind that. That's what's happening, girl. Because he, there would have had to been some kind of criminal investigation. Was there any criminal and, investigation for the other three boyfriends? And then think about it. Uh-huh. There's a celebration of life, right? Mm-hmm. When is it? Like 10 years? Yeah, after his passing. After his passing. What, where is the conversation about, I nope. mean, they don't talk about it at all. No, I don't know. I don't know. We just I, read it though. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like something did happen to him, but. Well, what happened was Corday stabbed him. <laughs> I he slumped I over, hit his head on the glass table and then fell to the floor. Her sister jumped out from behind the couch and they just stood over him, feeling power for once over this man that has terrorize them for their child for their entire childhood yeah okay i'm not sure but okay i can't i can't embrace it girl it's in the book okay (laughs) so um this was the the first killing it was done by corday's hand but all the killings afterward are by her sister i think there's something there um so they act almost as one um i'll get back to this but Ayula's painted superficially as the shallow one Corday as the deeper more loving soul yep steady but they seem to be two sides of the same coin Ooh, actually I heard that mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, let's take a quick break okay. and then we'll get into the second half of the deep dive not second half I mean the end of it the conclusion yeah and our final verdict sounds good Well, you will. So, (laughs) Tade um, confesses his love for Ayula, we assume. And Ayula confesses her love for stabbing people by trying (laughs) to stab Tade. But Tade, like, work out and stuff. And he like, oh, no, no, no. No, you're not going to stab me. And he's like, oh, my goodness. Stop. You're so beautiful. Please don't. Don't let it end like this. Uh. (laughs) And so he stabs her plot twist right yeah so Ayula calls Corday, who arrives to Tade's home and <laughs> Corday's first thoughts are this will be my first time in Tade's <laughs> home <laughs> well anyway she walks in to collect her sister Tade carries Ayula downstairs with Ayula resting her head on his he shoulder as if they're her. madly in love still right, right. <laughs> that, and um much. He proves he is still very much attracted to her. <laughs> sad. This is really she sad. She has tried to stab him. He has stabbed her. <laughs> and Corday's like, but why though? And he says something that's very interesting. Um, Corday asks, Tade, what do you like about my sister? And he goes, everything. 
But if you had to be specific, well, she is, she's, she's special. Okay. But what makes her special? She's just so, I mean, she is beautiful and perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I never wanted to be with someone this much. Right. And what is it based on? As we see nothing. (sighs) She's beautiful and perfect. So, um, and this is after he stabbed her, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Corday is so like, I warned you. And he's like, if this has happened before, you're the sick one. She has a problem, obviously. <laughs> but you keep enabling her and cleaning up her messes. What's wrong with you? And I that's when like I, that was the final nail in my Tade coffin. Yeah. I'm so over him. I don't like how he came for her so often. Because a lot of the stuff that he said, well, I won't say a lot of it, but some of the stuff that he said about her was based on things that Ayula said yeah. about her. He, yeah. She was actually feeding these negative things. Your sister thinks you're a monster. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very interesting that you mentioned that because there's a section of the book where Ayula is convalescing and Corday goes to get the true tea behind what happened between Ayula and Tade. Okay. Will you tell me what happened? On the bedside table is an open box of candy, a get well soon gift. She plucks out a lollipop and wraps it and sticks it in her mouth, sucking on it thoughtfully. Mm, between Tade and me? Yeah. She sucks some more. <sighs> he said you broke my ring, said you were accusing me of all sorts and that maybe you had something to do with my ex going missing what what did you say i told him he was crazy but he said you were really jealous of me and had some kind of um latent anger that what if she pauses for dramatic effect what if you had gone back after we left you know to talk to femi he thinks i killed femi i grab ayula's arm even though she's not to blame this time how could he think i was capable of that Weird, right? I didn't even tell him about Femi. Only Gaboye. Maybe he saw it on Insta. Anyway, it's like he wanted to report you or something. So I did what I had to do. She shrugs. Or at least I tried. She grabs a bear, buries her head in it, and is quiet. And then? Then I was on the ground. He was all like, oh my gosh. Corrida was telling the truth. What did you tell him, Corrida? She did this for me and ended up hurt because I betrayed her. I feel dizzy. I didn't want to admit that I chose a man's welfare over hers. I don't want to confess to letting him come between us when she clearly chose me over him. I, I told him you were dangerous. She sighs and asks, what do you think will happen now? There will be an investigation of sorts. Will they believe his story? I don't know. It's his word against yours. Against ours, Corday. It's his word against ours. Drama. So, yeah. So Tade is suspended. He is sentenced to a few months in prison. And um, he won't be a doctor again. That's right, for sure. Right, he lost his license. Yeah. And yeah. the book ends with another man coming to meet Ayula. Oh, at the family you. home. Actually, I, I don't believe her um, take on that. I don't. So. Tell me, what do you mean? I, 
you know, the story she just told, I don't believe it. I don't, because she's not trustworthy. Interesting. She's not a trustworthy yeah, character. Yeah, well, duh. <laughs> I mean, she had already lied about, what part did she lie about? Yeah, she lied about, darn it, I lost my thought. You can't catch her in a lie. She you lied. Have a, you have inferred that she lied. No, 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 she lied. About what? Oh, gosh. Why can't I think of You're blinded that? by her beauty. <laughs> <laughs> Even you. Pass. Even you, Alexis. <laughs> So it is obvious that um, Korede is the MAGA that she believed she was. And MAGA in Nigerian pidgin English is like some fool who's yeah. been taken advantage of. She Ayula is. is playing her like a fiddle. She is. For sure. Also a liar. Yeah. Well, get you know. Get to that. Yeah. Everyone in her life she is um, manipulating, mm-hmm. including Korede. And this story, I am with you. Obviously, she is lying. <laughs> she is lying. Oh, thank you. I feel better that yeah. you confirmed that for me. No, she no, I, I definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's for the reader to um, guess. But obviously, Tade did not think that Corday killed Femi and he was going to go to the police about it. Right. Maybe, though, that she killed Femi. That part I could see. Because he does not think much of Corday at this point. No, he doesn't. He just sees her as a jealous sister. Yeah. But there was no self-defense or uh, Ayula was not protecting her sister's name. Right. Ayula was just being Ayula. And she stabbed folks. Right. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. So final verdict. What did you think about this book, Alexis? You know, I got to say, I really had, when I finished reading this, I did not have to read it again. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, Goodreads is going to get you. I know, I know. <laughs> but I I did not have to read it again. Why is that? I don't know what it is. I, I don't know if it was their relationship. Their relationship bothered me the most. Why? I didn't like how she was. She wasn't confident in herself. I mm-hmm. didn't like how her sister was just this self-absorbed thing that just kind of oh whatever I, I just I didn't like that but that's the way the characters I were know. written I mean I know so it was no fault in the story that you no, saw no no I didn't see faults in the story you just didn't like the characters either you didn't I, you I didn't <laughs> like the characters I was disappointed in all of them mm-hmm. I just <laughs> yeah there's no one to root for yeah and I, I wanted to root for Karate but she just was so down on herself, and I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Not that's hard for me to hear people be down on themselves. Like it's that. hard for you to get on their team if they're not on their own team, right? So I couldn't. So, yeah. but I would tell people to read it. I just, <laughs> I just would not read it again. <laughs> but are you glad you read it this one time? Yeah, because it's a popular book. <laughs> Your honesty, ooh, so brutal. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. how about you? What would what, what's your final thought on it? So, I thought it was definitely a page turner. It's easy to read, easy to follow. It made me wish I was on a beach um, somewhere, and it was a book I could slip in and out of with no problem. However, there is little bite in the story about family murder and the elusiveness of love. I would have enjoyed a twist that made the reader question everything they thought about Corday, um, and make. Corday question what she thinks of herself. I don't think she ever has to look inside and come to grips with who she is as a character, as no. a person. It was almost there in that MAGA chapter where she realized she was taken advantage yep. of mm-hmm. by her sister, but then it just continued. 
Um, and it doesn't seem like our protagonist is any less shallow than her murderous sibling Ooh. to me. Um, because she well, she has settled into her role yep. as enabler, and yep. that's just who she is. Yep. Um, whereas her sister has settled into the role of the beautiful flirt, and that is just who she is. These are not characters that followed me off the page. I won't think about them later. No. And so my final verdict is that I am glad I read it because it is a popular book. It is easy to follow and it didn't hurt me at all to read it. I like that it wasn't gory. <laughs> and so I could recommend it as a great beach read. But this is not this book is just as shallow to me as its characters. Yeah. And I, and I can appreciate that um, it wasn't gory. I did like that yeah. about it, but I just. Oh, wanted no something crap. more yeah yeah I yeah be taken in and i was fine was i would over. like a sequel where maybe one sister dominates the other and starts a life on her own i don't even care if it's ayula who's and, like has to be on her own and become a full formed person and you know that's interesting because i feel like i would read other books of hers within the universe here yep mm -hmm. but i just this one didn't leave me wanting more right Right. All right. Well, that's it for today, right? Yes, we did it. Woo! Yeah, we did it. Thank you all for listening today to Lit Society. Lit Society is brought to you by Alexis Anaria and Kari Herrera. Listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all major podcast providers. If you like what you've heard today, tell a friend about Lit Society. Visit LitSocietyPod.com to sign up for the world's best free newsletter Woo. until next time read something read something <laughs>